Ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of Channel on Batman, Justin and I will be talking a bit about the recent announcement of Batman beginning production in 2019, and to talking a bit about the Shazam logo and the suit and all that. And if you're here for Sean Gerber, he will be joining us around 35 or 40 minutes or so into the podcast. Before we get into the actual show, though, I do want to give a quick shout out to our two patrons that are currently supporting us on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash podcast empire network. Give a big shout out to Cedric Ramos and, of course, Ali Gazelbech for supporting us over there and making this show continue to be possible. Thank you. Welcome to episode 111 to Shanlin on Batman. Kyle, you, you're, you're looking at me like I was about to say, welcome to Blade Runner 2049. One of these days. I Somebody tweeted after the Oscars. They said, I can't believe that these people who announced uh, the Blade Runner movie said T- Blade Runner, Runner 2049. <laughs> <laughs> these people don't know how to read movie titles, apparently. <laughs> And that the voice you are hearing, other than myself, is Kyle Davis at Looting Kyle on Twitter. So make sure you do the follow there. Tonight's episode is gonna be pretty loosey goosey, off the cuff. I have no notes. I have nothing. I told Kyle before we jumped out of this episode. I just wing it like Peter Jackson did for the Hobbit trilogy. We're doing it live. <laughs> We're gonna just take some breaks, figure some scenes out, go from there. But there are a few topics to talk about. Uh, talking about some Shazam tonight, Aquaman, and then f- finish off this episode talking about Matt Reeves, the Batman. Mm-hmm. So Shazam, did they, did they ever do like a live from the set from Entertainment Tonight? I think that was supposed to be today, wasn't it? Did they, did you see anything about that? I have not that seen anything set. about that. Like the last Shazam thing I saw was the uh, logo reveal. Yeah, the, there was the logo reveal, but I thought they were doing some Entertainment Tonight thing today. Maybe, maybe I missed it. I've been. I can uh, I can check the Internet Highway real quick to see if we missed it or something. Yeah, there there's just uh, it's been like a busy week for all of us, and then I had to like duck and cover f- for like what was going on in Austin, like right. completely. Yeah, that sounds that, scary, dude. That was completely terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. Um. But luckily, that that situation got taken care of. Um, but yeah, like the the Shazam logo was finally revealed. It was it was interesting. It was cool. I I it was very fat. Like the all the lettering was like Homer Simpson fat wearing a dress. Yeah, but that, that's kind of <laughs> what I expected from from a Shazam movie. You know, it's kind of what's right, all about. Like I'm not complaining about yeah. it. I'm not. I, I'm just like that's the my first impression. I I like the logo. I like I like the lettering. I like what they kind of revealed. But I was hoping they don't give us a logo. How about you just give us like an official still of 
Zachary Levi in the <laughs> in the suit. They're like, ah, the official one already late. They can just have that one. It's fine. Can, can we can we make that happen? Can, can, <laughs> can we make that happen? Um, I don't know. I think that it's been a mistake that they haven't done that, especially after uh, them not releasing it right before those photos kind of leaked online. Like I, they could have really hit the hit it out of the park with a, a official official still yeah. of suit. Like they could have even done like they could have sent us like a like a still from when they were doing like costume tests and that would have been like somewhat official. Oh, yeah, like, for we, sure. Obviously we're not going to get a point where we're going to see like the fully realize suit until like a trailer or like you know all the, like the cgi added stuff in later but they there is an opportunity that i thought was missed an opportunity that they could have really you know gotten that kind of bad taste out of everyone's mouth after justice league all right here's our first official logo for shazam here's like the cast photo like i don't know but isn't like a like a wonder con happening this weekend or something what's this weekend something's happening it's the first I've heard of that. Maybe you're right. Like I, I'm not very good at following this stuff that closely. I uh, let me get. I can check. When is WonderCon? It's this weekend. It is this weekend, uh, 23rd to the 25th of March. Yep. So that's WonderCon. It's going to be in California. If you're at WonderCon, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe they drop something at WonderCon. That'd be awesome. Maybe. But I heard that they they're really pairing back what their original plan was apparently the original plan was to show off some stuff show off a trailer for aquaman but apparently they're like no we're gonna we're gonna wait off on that we're gonna give you ready player one i was like all right like i guess i'm excited for ready player one but i think they're gonna just save the like aquaman and shazam stuff for um comic-con for san diego comic-con i guess i don't know like i feel like at this point, they they just need to they need to just start like revealing more things. I know it's March. San Diego Comic Con usually takes place in August. I just don't know. I think that they should they should give us something. It would behoove them to have an Aquaman trailer with Black Panther. That's what I would have done. That's how I would have started marketing the movie. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity for them to put the Aquaman trailer in front of Avengers: Infinity War. Do I think they're going to do that? No. I mean, do you think that's going to happen, Kyle? I'd be a little surprised if that's what they did. I mean, from a business perspective, it makes sense to try to do that, but I don't know if they're necessarily in a position to do that. I don't think it's going to be the case. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I truly don't. I don't think... Just just from the last couple of years of like Warner Brothers marketing and how it's really been below par... It's been it's been on shaky level for the last couple of years. Like yeah. them not having <laughs> it started with BVS. They showed Doomsday, which we all <laughs> thought was cool, but they didn't realize just, oh that yeah, they kind of just spoiled like the last quarter of the movie there. But you know. And then they they uh couldn't figure out how to market they couldn't figure out how to market that movie. They couldn't figure out how to market Suicide Squad really. <laughs> Su- Suicide Squad's <laughs> marketing was just like, let's just show them like queen music videos and they'll like it and it kind of it kind of did turn out that way but then they're like oh wait the movie's not like that at all and then they they're like you know what's a good idea 
let's have a Justice League movie where we know the hero's going to return and not use the hero in any of the marketing. But we're going to have him there. Like, he's going to be, like, doing all the guest interviews. <laughs> he's going to be talking to everyone. But let's just, like, hold Henry off. Cavill's here for emotional support. We swear. It doesn't make any sense. Like, their marketing has been terrible. It, yeah. I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. So, Which, which is weird, because if you look at Warner Brothers' other movies, they can market their other movies just fine. I so mean, they uh, just showed that trailer for the new uh, Fantastic Beasts. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I couldn't believe how good that trailer like, was. Like That, that trailer showed exactly what they needed to show. And got people excited for the movie. It's like they showed us Dumbledore. So exactly, like we wanted to see Jude Law's Dumbledore. And we got that, and we got to see Hogwarts again. We even got to see, in my opinion, an improved-looking version of Johnny Depp's character. I, I thought he looked better in this than he did in the last movie. I agree. We're gonna have to do like a Lords of Film trailer breakdown of that. Of that coming soon, very soon, maybe like next week. But there, when it comes to their their superhero stuff. They can't figure out, you know, which uh, shoe to put on which feet. They can't decipher their right from their left. And it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Just throw out a still, an official still. Here's Shazam. We're going to see some uh, some leaked photos. Let's let's start off right. Let's give them the real look, blah, 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 blah. They didn't. And now we're, they're like, you know what? Here's WonderCon. Here's a good way to kind of get that bad taste. Out of everyone's mouth from Justice League. Let's show them like a fresh trailer from uh, Aquaman. You know, Justice League Blu-ray just came out. Maybe this would kind of like feed that a little bit more. And they're like, you know what? That's not going to happen. I mean, it still could, but from what what we've been kind of seeing percolate on, on the interwebs, it, it just hasn't been like yeah, the yeah. thing now. It's like they're they kind of pulled back. So my question is why why even say that they were going to do it at WonderCon and then decide not to? I mean, I get I think the obvious answer is Warner Brothers just doing their typical we don't know exactly what we we want to do, so we're just going to kind of do things last minute to see what sticks, you know. And like they they're not confident. That's the issue. They like they don't have any confidence in what they're doing, so they're just trying to plan things out, but like it ends up just kind of backfiring and they keep just kind of like delaying things delaying things like i feel like you know they just need to get a trailer out there get probably the aquaman trailer just get aquaman out there get people looking at them talking about it because if you think, think about it, like the last thing they did was well here's justice league just like we flopped here's the justice League blu-ray it's like you need to kind of push that out of people's minds get them looking towards the future you know let's not let's not look at the past we need to move on well, I think that they can look to the past and learn from it. Oh yeah, of course. But like, like, here's here's what didn't work. The, like, not they still need to show us new stuff to get to get to that point. Like, show us that you've learned from your past mistakes. I'm just shaking my head at you, Kyle, because you're you're thinking logically here. Oh my bad. There's there's my mistake. This is why I don't work in Hollywood. Thinking logically makes no sense. <sighs> Um, but, but yeah, like, I just can't believe that they, I, I'm curious what the, like, the overall, like, reason why, like, because we've been hearing on the internet that that was going to be the big reveal was Aquaman, we're going to see Aquaman stuff at the Warner Brothers panel for WonderCon, WonderCon's a big deal, and, nope. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the, weren't the early test screens for Aquaman rather positive? Wouldn't that like if that was the case? Wouldn't they want to 
get a more wide feed, more feedback on that? I, I don't know. I, I mean, there was, but I've heard from more than a few people that they aren't as positive as Warner Brothers wants it to be. But I'm not going to get into that. Like we've had these conversations off off air. I'm not going and I've had these conversations on the phone in person with people. But I don't want to talk about that because people are going to listen to this and be like, "What do you know?" Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's not it's not as uh sunny. It's not always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just like Warner Brothers in a nutshell over the past year. Um but it's it's interesting. It's kind of interesting to see what what's been going on. And there hasn't been like any real plans for anything post you know Aquaman, post Shazam, post Wonder Woman. I mean, oh. the news the news that bro- broke the other last week was that Ava DuVernay I always butcher last name, so I apologize. She's going to direct uh, New Gods, which sounds really badass. Mm-hmm. But, but what's what's that? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I'm just like, oh, here's here's another movie announcement with with another director's name thrown out there. Oh, it's like, it, well, what's going to happen in this one? Is it just going to fade into oblivion like the other like ten or twelve movies they've announced? I don't know. <laughs> so somebody posted uh, like a story or retweet a screen rat thing saying that Warner Brothers has over 25 in development uh, DC hero like yeah, exactly like at this point I'm just over like I don't want to hear an announcement I just want to hear you actually say a movie is going into production like we're starting right now I don't want to hear what you want to do I want to hear you actually doing something it's like they're trying to say let's build a building Kyle let's do this let's build a building <laughs> Let's hire the contractors. Let's hire the workers. Let's draw up the blueprints. Let's figure this thing out. And then they're they're like, you know what? We just wasted a lot of money just doing this. Let's not do it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> uh. I'm I'm still rem- I, I like once a week. I want to tweet a photo of all the all the directors being paraded out front at San Diego Comic Con and go. Remember, remember when all oh. DC heroes directors remember the good times. Remember, remember when Ben Affleck was directing Batman. Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it doesn't. They need to stop doing that. The only yeah. one that are left was James Wan and Patty Jenkins. No Rick, no Ben. Who was the other one? There was one other one, wasn't there? There were five. I might might have already purchased information from my mind, so I I don't know. I can't remember either. (laughs) It's like, it's been so long ago, and like, all hope has been lost from from that little sequence. I mean, not not hope for the DC universe in general. It's just just like, there's just been little disappointments here and there that just kind of keep building on top of each other, you know? I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. I'm trying to see here. Okay, hold on. Research. Google, Google Images. <laughs> Patty Jenkins, Zack Snyder, Rick, James Wan, Ben Affleck. Okay, what's Zack Snyder? Okay. That's who I thought it was, but I didn't want to... I, I, I was with you. I thought there was someone Wasn't else. Wasn't David Ayer on that one, too? Was David Ayer there? 
was that the same panel where like David Ayer was like F Marvel or something? I don't remember. Did they do something yeah, like that? I think so. Maybe he was there. Hmm, that's funny how that turned out. Now he's like, fuck Warner Brothers. <laughs> he's like, hey Marvel, can I come over there and they're like, no. <laughs> oh. No, go away. I'm gonna go make a movie for Netflix then. Go away, David. I'm gonna go over here and make my own superhero movies of blackjack and hookers. Was that did you see Bright? I did see it. I mean And haven't seen it. it the concept is great, but the execution is very poor. Oh, huh. Where yeah. have I heard that before? Exactly. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Interesting. Like, that same movie with maybe a different production could have turned out great, but it just didn't line up. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that story happen ever before. First time. Especially with David Ayer. Oh, yeah. Yep. Huh. Imagine I that. don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Although I will say, like, to be fair to David Ayer, like, I don't think the direction of the movie itself was necessarily the worst part, but like the script itself was definitely pretty weak. Oh, oh no, no, I like the direction, I like the action. Yeah, but the the, the, the <laughs> I mean, it turns story. out that a script from uh, was as a Max Landis is not that good. Imagine that. But that that's how it was for Suicide. The the. The script was super paper thin. Yeah, yeah. Like you could cut that thing with your tongue. <laughs> I mean, you could cut that thing with a hammer. Not that difficult. <laughs> Thor's hammer. Are we talking about Molnir here? I, I mean, I mean, we could. All right, but let's get down to the actual like reason why we we need to talk here because. It was recently revealed that uh, they've come to a decision on Matt Reeves when they're going to go into production on the Batman. And so uh, I think it was from the rap or Heroic Hollywood or I can't remember where I saw it. I'm pretty sure it was the rap. <laughs> but uh, apparently the Batman will finally go into production uh, come 2019, like April something. 2019 and kyle you keep giving me this look like nope i just feel like we're wasting our time here if this whole thing felt like a big waste of time it's like oh yeah we got matt reeves from more of the planet of the apes here he's gonna make a batman movie he's got these other spin-offs to blah 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 and uh we're just gonna sit here and twiddle our thumbs for a year and a half how long has he been actually on the project of the batman since before before that like 2017. When was he announced? Can you find that out? Jamie, can you find that out for me? Sure. Can you Google I, can, that? I can do the research. You're 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 Jamie tonight from Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> um but it seems like he's been on that project for at least a good two years, right? Am I wrong? Uh yeah, a lot of the articles I'm seeing are from about the middle of February 2017. About how Matt Reeves is now the director of the Batman. Okay, so he's been on it for a year and some change. Just, and it's, it's been like 13 months since the announcement. So I don't know if it's been longer since he was actually on the project or, or what. But, yeah. So it, to me, it seems like they should be further along than what where they're at. And unfortunately, it seems like he's just now cracking into the story. He's not, he ha hasn't actually written like a 
fully developed screenplay, which they need to get going if they're going to want to, you know, that's I a mean, huge thing. I would have thought that you'd be want to be you'd want to be working on the script last year, right? <laughs> like I, I feel like at this point you'd want to have it done. I felt like at this point they'd have like the overall storyline, like the overall like here's where we want to go, here's the characters, here's designs, but it doesn't seem like it seems like every every other. Uh, I guess the it seems like everything but those critical. You know what I'm saying? Those yeah. things. It just doesn't seem the, there hasn't the been. The key much components movement. are not being worked on. You know, like, because I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's really going on by, behind the scenes. I have few, for, we, we have heard a few things here or there. But at this point, like, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I mean, we talked about this last week or two weeks ago with Mario. I wouldn't be too surprised if at some point Matt Reeves did um, walk away from the project. You think that's still going to happen? With uh, well, you think there's still a possibility of that happening with uh, the fact that they did just announce the like the the date or like a more of a time frame for it. I just think like from what, kind of where I'm sitting, it seems like there's the push and pull of okay, where where what's our Batman gonna be? Who's gonna be our Batman? Is it Ben? Do we want Ben? Doesn't seem like Matt wants Ben. He it seems like Matt wants his kind of like his own deal with with Wonder Woman loose ties to a shared universe, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like. But at the same time, you see these other news stories that he's working on this Netflix deal. This deal got put together. I mean, he might he might have finally cracked like where he wants to tell his story, what his overall like thoughts and you know like. Here's the story outline. Here's where we want to go. Like we want to do this, you know, over three, you know, three movies arc. We want to cast this. We want this or that. But it seems like he's wor- been working on these other projects since. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if if yeah, I, if, like if after he was announced as the Batman director, he was still picking up other gigs. Apparently, it seemed like like he. I think he had a. Didn't he have to finish War of the Planet of the Apes? As it he was being an as it was being yeah, announced, he he probably would have been in the, like the later stages of product post production at that stage back in February of last year, but but then he was st- you know there, he was still picking up other things within the past year after he was done with that. I feel like right, right, right. I don't I don't know. Like I, it's such a fifty fifty at this point. I don't even think like the. the I truly don't think anyone knows what's going to happen with this project. So, so here's an idea. I don't know if there's any basis for this or not, but what if the reason why they're like pushing it so far back is because they, there's like a certain person they want to target for either like a acting role or for some sort of production role, but they just don't, they're not going to be able to get that person until later on because like, they're something doing something else. Is there any kind of possibility of that happening? I mean, I guess that could be what, when you get a project like Batman, like if you, Matt you Reeves was have- like, if Matt Reeves was like, I need this person to be the Batman, but they're not going to be available to be the Batman until 2019, so we're going to push the production back until they're available. You know, like, is that something that could be happening? I feel like there'd be, like, more traction with his Batman. Because it seems like... It seems like what's been going on with this project is, like, they they lick their finger and they put it to the earth and they're trying to figure out 
which way the wind's blowing. Like they can't, mm-hmm. they can't catch like a real, like they're not catching, like they think they caught their fish, but they're losing it on the line. Like Matt, like I, I like Matt Reeves. I, I you know, the, I, I got some like heat from the last episode. Well, Matt Reeves is going to like, <laughs> I like Matt Reeves as a filmmaker. I think he's a talented mm-hmm. director, but just because you have like really, really good movies doesn't mean that you're the right guy for Batman. Maybe he isn't the right guy. Maybe, maybe it's, it'd be, if he walked away, I wouldn't be. Oh yeah. That's how I feel. Like if, if Matt Reeves ends up being the Batman director and he ends up in the movie ends up coming out, I'm still going to go see it. Yeah, of course. But like if someone else were to pick up the director's role and make the movie, I'd still go see it too. Like I just want to see a Batman movie. So like ultimately who's the director is not super important to me, but but yeah, you're totally right. Like maybe maybe he is the right person. Maybe he's not. Um, which, whichever person has their heart in, in the project, like they want to make it, great. The person that wants to make it, let's, let's let them make it. If it were me, and I know if it were you, you wouldn't be. You just we'd be like just laser focused on making the best Batman movie. We wouldn't pick up any other projects. Nope, I'm going to be balls deep trying to get this project off the ground. I think the script's a hard thing to crack, but there's there's ways to crack that script. I would just oh, yeah. go. I just hire Paul Dini and <laughs> do whatever you need to do. Make it like Arkham. Make it like the Arkham games, and then you can throw awesome elements from other you know stories, graphic novels, comics, all that stuff. So much material to pull from. But like I said, it just seems like at this point, it's it's just so back and forth. It seems like every week there's there's the there's i don't know it just doesn't seem right doesn't like we we all knew chris was gonna chris Nolan was gonna come back to do after batman begins he was gonna come back and do a batman movie Mm -hmm. right like like but it seems as though it's so there's so much uncertainty that surrounds us maybe maybe they are targeting a specific specific actor maybe that's what's holding it up but it, it it just doesn't feel like there's there's not a lot of traction. There's not a lot of, you know, push to really get this. I if if this is a situation where Matt wants to really crack the script, make sure he's got a hundred percent right. I'm good with that. I yeah. really am. Like I'm okay with that. I have no issues with that. If he if he's struggling to find the formula, and he needs extra time, I want it to be the best Batman movie that he can make. I really yeah. truly I truly believe that. But if he is having trepidations because the studio is pushing back and saying, well, why do you want this? Why don't you want this to be part of like a larger universe? Why don't you want to use the Batman that we've already have that's already has like a, a love of like the public has a love affair for this guy as Batman. People think that he's the greatest Batman of all time. Why aren't we using like like if that's what's truly going on behind the scenes, then like I said, maybe maybe Matt needs to walk away. And would I, would I be upset? Not really, but I would be upset if they if they had a knee jerk reaction like they tend to do and decide let's just hire anyone. Right. Let's not develop that script. See if Ben wants to do it again. I don't know. There's just so much. That's been going on. I mean, what are your overall thoughts on this? Like, 
Like I know you said you, you either way you're good with it, but it did, yeah, it did, there's there doesn't seem to be like that definitive answer from either the studio or from Matt Reeves. Yeah, like it, it's really hard to say. Like if if the quality of the script or something really was the focus, then you know that's great. I'm all for it. I want the best possible moving get. So if we have to wait an extra year for it, that's fine. But like at the same time, there's all this other stuff going on. He's he's picking up project. And you're like, okay, is his heart truly in it? Is there something else going on? Like I mentioned before, and it's kind of strange too. Cause if you think about it, Batman is kind of one of Warner Brothers cash cows. You know, you think that that'd be something they want to push forward. You know, they can always rely on a Batman movie to bring in the dough, but if they're willing to just push it back a whole year when everything else seems to be crumbling, it's, it's really weird. I don't know exactly it's, what it means. It, it's, it is really weird. And pushing it back, you know, I've, I've seen some people like, let's, we need, Batman needs a break on film. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't think Batman needs a break on film. I think if anything, to kind of, to kind of get the DC universe back on its feet and alive and kicking and hot and fresh you know, is to throw Batman out there. Get yeah. a good script out there, you know, make the movie, throw it out there. Let's see what we can do. Because everyone loves Batman. Batman is still their crown jewel. They can't rely on, you know, like Superman being their crown jewel. I think Batman, as much as I love Superman, as much as I think that Superman is uh, the crown jewel of the comics, I don't think that Superman is the crown jewel of, like, film. Yeah. Like, Batman takes the cake for that. There's more interest. There's more intrigue on what's going on with the situation currently with the Batman compared to why haven't we, we've gotten Shazam announcement. We've got Aquaman. We've got a flash announcement. Where's man of steel there. That's an issue too. It just, I don't know. There's just a lot going on. And I just remember the days where Chris Nolan, (laughs) you know, the Chris Nolan stuff would just be like, Oh, they're filming in Chicago today. Oh, they're in Pittsburgh. Oh, you know. Stuff's like, getting done. And, you know, now we're to a point where it's like, what is happening? What's the actual behind the scenes? If, like I said before, if Matt ends up doing it, I'm happy. He's a phenomenal director. Do he's, I think he's, he's, not, he's not a bad director? I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, he's pretty good. I, I, I've enjoyed thoroughly all of his films. I thought War of the Planet Ups. Of the apes wasn't as thrilling as Don. Um, there, there was more visual things going on in War than there was in Don, but I don't know. I just don't know anymore. It's so, so touch and go. I mean, what, what ultimately do you want to happen, Kyle? What is it that you want to go forward? Well, I mean. Obviously, Batman is probably one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. So, yes, I want to see another uh, another triumphant return of the Batman to the movies. Obviously, you know, the Nolan trilogy, we, we, we all like it, even though we have some gripes of it here and there. Like, I love the trilogy. We got, I, I guess you could say Snyder's trilogy in a sense, where we got like half a Batman movie in there, sort of, with BVS. I like, I'd love to see, you know, the return of a full-fledged Batman movie. So, whatever ends up working best to get back to that point is what I want. Again, like, I'm not completely sold on Matt Reeves, but like, if he ends up being the guy, then I'm all for him being the guy. 
Why aren't you sold on him? Is it because you don't think his heart's into it, or there's issues with some of the uh, movies? I mean, I, I guess probably the biggest thing that sticks out is the way I feel about War of the Planet of the Apes, and I agree with you. Like, it, it just doesn't hold up quite as well as like his other uh, ape movie, Dawn. But uh, yeah, I, I just like I watched the movie, and I'm like, you know, th- this movie just didn't it didn't come together. And I don't want to like hold off all of his directorial abilities off of that one movie because he's had great movies in the past. You know, everyone has a little bit of a rough spot here and there. So it's it just it's a little apprehension. It's not necessarily me being like, oh, I don't want him doing it. Just like, mm, and there's 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 a little bit of doubt. There's a, there's a possibility it could also be another disappointment. What what is it about War of the Planet of the Apes like specifically? Did you have issues with? For me, it, a lot of it had to do with kind of the script, like. A lot, a lot of the characters' actions and what they were like striving to do just kind of they just kind of meandered around for a while. Then eventually stuff started happening, but like there was definitely a, like a good chunk of that movie where there's really no direction going on. The characters are just like, uh, "We're here now," and there's there's humans and okay, moving on. Oh, there's there's this other thing going on. It's just like okay, I had issues with like the daughter, like or that girl, that little girl. Oh, like she kind of she yeah. kind of is there, and then you don't see or hear from her for a little bit. Yeah, and she's back at the very end, I'm like, what? And again, you're like, maybe this is not necessarily anything to do with Matt Reeves's what he was doing in the movie. Maybe it's something with a script. Maybe that could have used a little bit more polish and a bit of touch up. But who, who knows? You know, a lot of work goes into making these movies, these big high budget movies, and any number of things can go wrong and kind of bring the production down. So I, I don't want to like just place the blame on him. It could have been anything. Oh. But uh, but yeah, like like I said, maybe maybe he needs this opportunity to really wow me and other people. If he got the Batman, this is his chance to like really make a name for himself. Uh, so if that is the case, you know, let's give him a chance. But whatever ends up being what Warner Brothers is most confident in, let's do that because they need some confidence behind them right now. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there, there's much confidence on anything other than like Shazam so far. It seems like, like I saw people people were on Twitter the other day. It's like, why is there Shazam, like Twitter and Facebook pages? Why you know when there isn't an Aquaman Facebook or Twitter page? I didn't even know that. I'm just like, what? That is bizarre. That's really, hmm. really, really bizarre. I didn't even realize that. It. Interesting. What I don't know, like <laughs> it's strange. Like, like that can't be an oversight. There's got to be a reason for it, you know. <laughs> I don't understand what that's all about. Haven't hasn't every other DC movie had a, their own dedicated page too? Yeah, everyone. Justice League, BVS, just not Aquaman. Okay. Uh, Suicide Squad. I think. Yeah, didn't Suicide Squad? I'm pretty I sure. Know Wonder, I know Wonder Woman did. Right? Didn't Wonder Woman? I, I only it, it had to. Angry. I know it has a Facebook page. So it had to have had a Twitter as well. I don't know. I'm really <laughs> tired, Kyle. I don't know if you can tell. Uh, this whole thing just wears us down, you know. <laughs> as you as you sip your alcoholic beverage from your Suicide Squad cup. My Suicide Squad cup? It's like I paid good money for that. <sighs> yeah, multiple times. Unfortunately. And they, and they didn't even give you the, the version that... That version got cut down too, and then you had to pay more money to get the version that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, 
There, there's a lot of stuff going on right now that I want, I'm not worried about it. It just this I just keep on thinking to myself, this isn't that hard. This isn't. I mean, granted, you know, like if I was just stressed in the whole situation, I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm not experienced with this, but you're right. Like, so many of these movies get made. Why is like why is this group here struggling so bad when all these other ones are doing just fine? You know, not just Marvel, but you know, other people that have made movies, they can make movies just fine. But what's going on here? Is, is there like a formula, like a secret formula that they don't have access to? Like. Is there a secret formula? A secret ingredient that they're missing? Is it like trying to get underpants gnomes? <laughs> yeah. The underpants gnomes when they're like, here's our, here's, here's how we do business. Steal underpants. Profit. <laughs> What's the second one? What's the second one? Doesn't matter. It, it just happens. Stuff just happens. I don't know. <laughs> Trying the trying to keep up to date, trying to follow all of Warner Brothers' doings can get pretty exhausting, just because it's, it's a lot of back and forth. <laughs> Phase one: collect underpants. Phase two: question. Phase three: profit. <laughs> In Warner Brothers' case, it's like phase one: announce movie and director. Phase two. I'm, I'm cancel cancel movie. <laughs> <laughs> to the twitters away. <laughs> oh jeez. Just just imagine, we had a George Miller Justice League that they were about to go into production on. I would pay, almost... I would pay good money to go see that. There's almost a Guillermo del Toro Justice League Dark. I would have paid good money to see that. All right, so we were on the struggle bus. This is like a continuation of the conversation that we were having for episode 111, but we saw that Sean was on Facebook. We hit him up. Please welcome Sean Gerber to the show. This is like literally last second. We didn't expect him to be on. We're like, hey, what if Sean's on? on. (laughs) Yeah. so, Sean, we were t- just talking about if we thought that Matt, if Matt Reeves would actually end up directing the Batman. Like, the rumor is production is going to go into production 2019. Mm-hmm. But we were kind of feeling and thinking, like, actually, you know what? We don't think that's actually going to happen. We kind of, like, we didn't say it, but it's kind of like lip service at this point because it doesn't seem like he's really like in love with the project yet because he's doing all these other things, like all these other Mm -hmm. announcements with Netflix. What's your take on this? Like, do you think it's going to happen or, or did you see my photo about, you know, the, (laughs) yeah, I saw that. See plans, you know, (laughs) hire director phase one, hire director phase two question mark phase three. Profit. Yeah. Well, phase three is let go of director. Phase four is hire another director. Phase five. Phase five is question mark again. Phase you know phase six is profit with a question mark after that. <laughs> um, I don't know about. I honestly can't say what's going to happen with Matt Reeves. I mean, for a long as soon as he was hired, I was thrilled. Uh, you know that that was that was my guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially. I mean, I. 
before it was fashionable, I was the people, I was the guy saying that Ben Affleck's not going to do this. I mean, especially you guys know Mark Hughes. He comes on the show. Mark and I would text about it all the time, and Mark would be like, "Oh, I think he's going to, you know, Ben Affleck, Ben will do it and everything." And I was like, "I just don't see it happening." I thought Ben was done since the Sad Fleck interview, sitting mm-hmm. next to Henry Cavill, and so for that whole year or almost a year before it became official that Ben was dropping out, you know, thinking about. What directors would what director would be the right person to step in and take over? My cho- my top choice was Matt Reeves, and then that was what Warner Brothers did. So I, I hate to, I, I hate the the thought of Matt Reeves not doing this because it's the main thing that I'm clinging to right now with DC movies is this idea of Matt Reeves coming in and and making his Batman film and. I mean, at least when there were those rumors last month about him possibly, you know, when people were really afraid because of the whole John Campia thing where he said he knew bad news but wasn't going to say what it was. And and so everybody just immediately thought, what's the worst thing we could imagine? It was Matt Reeves leaving the Batman. And then Matt Reeves came out and said, well, that's not it. And, and you know, tweeted that he was basically still on board. But at the same time, we have to be realistic about where we are with this project. He was hired a year ago. We knew when he was hired that he wasn't going to be able to start work for several months because he had to finish and then promote War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, And then also, even this past, uh, even in the latter half of the year, there's still a lot of stuff that you do as a director, you know, be going into Blu-ray, DVD slash Blu-ray releases. And also, you know, War for the Planet of the Apes was on the award circuit. And of course, Mm -hmm. Matt Reeves was out supporting the people who helped make the movie, who got nominated to various award shows. So he hasn't really had, you know, a a huge chunk of time where he could just dedicate full time to this film, which is why earlier this year when he said, you know, I've got a treatment done, but they don't have, they don't even have an initial draft of the script. Now, they could realistically finish a script by the end of the year and go into production at some point in 2019. That could absolutely happen. It is feasible that it could be done. But uh, so I'm at the point right now where I think it's a coin flip. And I, that's where I could absolutely see them getting it done and getting fired up and ready to rock next year. But I could also see them running into the same problem Ben Affleck had, which is where we couldn't, ultimately, we they couldn't crack the story, couldn't get something together that everybody felt super comfortable with and very confident in. And then Matt Reeves eventually just decides, you know, I've got these other things that I can go work on. I'm going to go focus on those instead. And I think another huge thing is, uh, another big part of it is, just the the overall uncertainty of everything that's happening with Warner Brothers. I mean, you've got new leadership with Walter Hamada, and there's there definitely seems to be kind of a clearing, you know, cleaning house of a little bit of the old crew. I mean, obviously Jeff Johns is still around, but not in the same role that he was uh, after he got promoted in the wake of Batman v Superman to try and help with Justice League. I still feel like Jeff Johns kind of got scapegoated, not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, not all that fairly. Um, but anyway, you have all these things going on. And if you're Matt Reeves, you're probably wondering, well, what's your plan? Because I I think with Matt Reeves, he's, I I think of him as more of a Christopher Nolan type where he's not going to want to have the movies that he makes, you know, have anything dictated to him by the other movies that DC is going to do. Right. So Warner brothers is really going to have to commit to this idea where, 
movies might be set in the same universe, um, but that's really more to exist in the minds of fans as opposed to really truly dictating and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, infringing upon or anything like that. The, you know, the films for uh, that are being made by specific directors. So Patty Jenkins will just get to do what she wants to do with Wonder Woman. Matt Reeves will get to do what he wants to do with Batman. Mm -hmm. And then you can connect them later. But when they're in their solo franchises, it's truly standalone. Cause I think that's the only thing that Matt Reeves is going to care about. I also don't think Matt Reeves is cool with this idea of a mini Batman universe. I don't think that's what he's looking for. Um, it doesn't mean that there can't be movies about other characters, but Matt Reeves is probably not going to be cool with the idea of, well, yeah, sure, go ahead and tie your Batgirl movie into mine or the the Nightwing movie. I'm sure he he probably doesn't care about any of that, and he wants to be able to just focus on his story. So Warner Brothers has to let him, or or he or I do think he will bail. Do you think that as great as the Dark Knight trilogy is, and we all we were just saying like before you came on, like one of the last things we said is how great the Dark Knight trilogy is. Do you think the issue with Ben Affleck and Matt Reeves as the the Christopher Nolan series is such an impediment to them because now they are getting to a point where the last like series of Batman movies, solo Batman movies, were so successful, so mm -hmm. critically loved by fans and and the critics do you think that that is such an impediment to that it's kind of to the point where i can't i can't create anything as good as that how can i crack a script when i have that in my rear view all the time do you think this is what is going on um i think there was a lot of stuff that went on with ben affleck so i don't mm -hmm. know that this was one of the main issues for him mm -hmm. but i think it is an issue at least in part i think it's an issue for affleck and i think it, it's still probably a little bit of an issue for matt reeves because you do understand that not only has a a high bar been set it's still fairly recent right. i mean the dark knight trilogy only wrapped up six years ago in you know in 2012 with rises so I mean, I said it at the time. I, I said it even before Rises came out. I thought the Batman franchise needed to rest a while. Um, and, and unfortunately, it didn't really get to because Man of Steel came out and Warner Brothers wasn't uh, didn't love the box office for that. And so they immediately needed a new, or they thought, they, they immediately needed a new Batman uh, to throw into Superman's movie and everything. And And I think the problem is that when you have a character or in a specific iteration of a character, um, the cinematic especially, where people really, really, really love it, there and if you try to do something else so close to that, the comparisons are so automatic. I mean, they're automatic anyway, but they're even more powerful when there's such proximity to it. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been so much easier if you had let the audience miss Batman. Batman goes away for a while, and then there's just this natural effect of, yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy is great, and maybe nothing can top it, but I just want to see Batman again. And not for DC nerds, we will watch Batman every day, you know, not <laughs> yeah. for us, but for the general audience that doesn't need to see Batman every day or every year or every two or three years, you know, if they had let that, the Dark Knight trilogy kind of rest for a while and then brought Batman back, you know, if we were just... I think if we, you know, if we were only just now developing Batman, then that would be okay. But I think because we've had this Ben Affleck thing in between, there just there just wasn't enough time to let an audience 
miss the Batman and, ha- and care about that more than they cared about their own reverence for the Dark Knight trilogy because it is tough. And one of the reasons I I would throw this out as a comparison, even though I know it's going to annoy the shit out of people, but it's true. If you look at kind of this is where like Marvel is very well positioned right now, because just as people might be getting tired of Iron Man and Captain America and all these characters that they've been watching for the better part of the past 10 years, the next era of Marvel, after they wrap this up with phase three that they're doing right now, it's going to belong to Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange. They're moving on to new characters. They're not because you've already done it's cool- Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, you've done a lot of the coolest things you're going to do with Iron Man. You've done a lot of the coolest things you're going to do with Cap, and you're going to put that at a peak level with these next two Avengers movies. So what do you do with those characters? Well, nothing. Let them go away for a while. Focus on other characters. And maybe that would have helped DC is if they had really been more confident in Wonder Woman from the start and just led with that and led with some of the other DC characters first while Batman just stayed on vacation for a little bit and then brought Batman in. I think all of that would have helped. Well, do you think they're kind of getting to, like, I, I before you got on, I was like, you know, I, I do want to see Batman. I, sure. I, I, I do want to see Batman. Like, Batman's my favorite character. He's my favorite, you know, favorite fictional character. I love Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I love Harry Potter. I love Superman. I love Iron Man. I'm, I love the X-Men. I'm looking forward to, as much as I hate to say it, I'm looking forward to the next iteration of Wolverine. Whoever mm-hmm. they finally get, but I want to see Batman every couple of years. I, you know, we're getting yeah. to, we're almost getting to the eight eight year mark between the Dark Knight trilogy and the next like actual yeah. solo Batman film. So there's some symbolism there with that. Maybe maybe yeah. they can catch lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah, you know, maybe there'll be a Batmania like 3.0 or something with yeah. the next whoever. There is, but it just seems that everyone is so worried about what they're, how they're going to be compared to the Nolan trilogy. Yes, it, it's those movies are important. You know, they, you know, in two thousand eight, Batman was everywhere. Like Iron Man came out in that that same very that same year, but mm-hmm. everyone still talks about the Dark Knight, and I love Iron Man. I think Iron Man is one of the stronger Marvel films. Mm-hmm. You know, it was such a so grounded and such a like you can pop that movie in and there there's literally no yeah well and that, yeah that year belonged to i mean iron man did a great job and was hugely successful but 2008 belonged to the dark knight you didn't really see the turning of the tide until 2012 when avengers outgrossed rises uh-huh so yeah batman was still was still king for sure with dark knight in 2008 but you know, those comparisons, even though I do feel like they can be uh, a hindrance in some ways, it is ultimately something that you have to push through because even when Christopher Nolan was making his movies and before Batman Begins came out and when they were just finally about to move forward with the Batman movie, there were plenty of people saying it was never going to be able to compare to Burton's uh, first two Batman movies or, well, I guess technically Burton's only two Batman movies, but the first two Batman movies of that era and then, uh, you know, even after Batman Begins and the success of Batman Begins and everybody loving it, there were tons of people thinking, well, whoever they get as the Joker, not going to be able to compare to, to Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. So you have to know that whenever you're working with properties, unless 
I mean, that, that's the one benefit of when you're like a, a James Gunn taking over Guardians of the Galaxy. You kind of have this advantage of, hey, nobody expects anything out of this. Like it's, you know, I get to pretty much start this from scratch and I don't, nobody has anything else to compare this to. But with Batman, you don't have that luxury. You never will have that luxury. So in a lot of ways, you just have to put that out of your mind and you have to forget about the idea of comparisons and what you really have to think about is what story do you want to tell? What is the Batman story that you feel the world needs to know, the, what the world needs to see? So, you know, your perspective on this character that you don't think anybody's quite, you know, uh, anybody's quite seen yet or anybody's quite thought of yet. And that is a challenge because Batman's a character who's been adapted and pulled apart and put back together and reinterpreted so many different times in so many different ways, whether it's comic books, movies, animation, or whatever else. But you've got to find that in as a filmmaker. That's what Matt Reeves has to find. And I feel like he has it because, I mean, he was talking even last summer about the idea of he, he already has ideas for multiple movies. You know, mm -hmm. So he's there's got to be this story that he wants to tell now. So I think the main the main issue is will will he and Warner Brothers agree that that's the Batman story that needs to be told and will he be left alone to go and tell it because like what's funny now is like the Dark Knight trilogy wouldn't happen today you know if it hadn't already happened it wouldn't happen today right. with the way DC is handling their movies you know with uh, when Christopher Nolan came in he had a meeting with Jeff Robinoff and Alan Horn, and he pitched Batman Begins in the room. They bought it in the room, and then there you go. Go make your movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the only thing they asked for was Katie Holmes, and even she got replaced <laughs> you know, from movie one to movie two. So, I mean, and that's not to say the studio didn't have notes or anything like that. I'm, I understand how movies get made, and, and there's always going to be notes from studio executives, but, um, you know, it's not... It certainly wasn't the kind of committee operation that Warner Brothers has going right now with their DC movies. And, uh, you know, so that that's the thing that they've Warner Brothers has to figure out how they're going to get out of the way of a lot of these filmmakers. They're going to have to do that. Not only are they going to have to do that for Matt Reeves, they're going to have to do that with Ava DuVernay. If they if they want new gods to actually get made, you know, they're going to have to let these filmmakers do what they want to do. Uh, we, Kyle and I have been talking like, you know, just in private message and on previous podcasts and we, as, I love Matt Reeves' film, but we've been kind of asking each other, why is he the guy for the Batman? So, and we can't figure it out. Like, yes, he's a fantastic filmmaker, but when I think of like Dawn and War and like Cloverfield, mm -hmm. like it doesn't scream Batman to me. So I'm going to pose this question to you. Why is Matt Reeves the guy for Batman going forward? What what is it about him? Like, cause we like we can see like the talent. Sure, it just doesn't. One plus one is not equaling two in this scenario for well, whatever reason. I I don't think Memento and Insomnia add up to Batman either. And, True, and so that's not what I look for. I don't necessarily. Although yeah, there's a little Batman with insomnia, certainly the idea of an obsessed detective <laughs> you know, who doesn't sleep uh, there's some mm. batman in there but for the most part no and so i don't i don't look at that when i look at whether or not a director is the right person for batman or any other superhero property for that matter i really just want to see that they're a good storyteller but particularly with matt reeves 
it really is the the apes films that have me uh, convinced of his strengths and how that works with Batman because he's able to balance big, cool action spectacle. Like he's able to deliver on the cool factor that you kind of want from a Batman movie is, you know, or a superhero film. But at the same time, he's really great on character. You know, like I, the way you care about Caesar in those apes films, that's the way that you want to care about Batman is that you get, Matt Reeves knows how to get you very, very invested at the center of this story and what, you know, you care about what the character cares about. And so the, what matters to Caesar matters to the audience. And that's something that has to be able to come through. And that takes skill as a director. That takes skill as a storyteller. So Matt Reeves proved himself in that arena. And it's actually pretty rare that we could have a director who not only has proven himself to be capable but has proven himself to be capable on the blockbuster level because mm -hmm. most of the people that we get jumping into the superhero genre for the very first time, they're not people who've come from the blockbuster world. You know, it's always people like, you know, again, Christopher Nolan had not made a, a legitimate blockbuster before he made Batman Begins. And, you know, Zack Snyder is maybe the one guy who had uh, before he got to do, you know, jump into... Uh, Man of Steel and, and well, even before Watchmen, you know, I think 300 qualifies as at least on a smaller scale, a little bit of a blockbuster. There's a little bit more of a correlation there. But, mm -hmm. you know, we don't usually get that with comic book movies. And the fact that Matt Reeves proved himself on the scale that you would want a Batman movie to have, it just shows he can he can deliver epic storytelling, you know, storytelling on an epic scale that at the same time has really small emotional character work that matters to you. That's why Matt Reeves was the guy for me. Um, I don't know, and I would imagine that's what a lot of people like about him, but obviously everybody's got their own reason for liking him, or maybe some people don't want him. I don't know, <laughs> but that's why I'm a fan. Like, it just seems for us, it just seems that, you know, I'm not going to speak for Kyle, but for me anyway, it seems I, I want a, a continuance of Ben Affleck. If Ben Affleck doesn't want to do it, then that's fine, but it mm -hmm. seems that he kind of is interested in pursuing it, but it, you know, just from like a perspective of kind of sitting back and looking at everything, it seems like Matt Reeves, I want my own Batman. I want my own Gotham city. I want my own mm -hmm. things in place. And that's the only way I'm going to do it. And it kind of pushes, you know, like I feel like we already have Tom Brady as Batman right now. Like right. He's the greatest of all time. Like don't bench Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like that's kind of how I feel right now about it, but if if someone asked me, okay, who would you rather have, Matt Reeves, you know, a Batman trilogy or one more Ben Affleck Batman film, like a true Batman film with Ben Affleck, I would nine times out of ten pick one more true Ben Affleck Batman film. That's just me. I don't know. I don't sure. know. Maybe you guys feel differently about that, but I love what Ben Affleck was able to do in BVS, Suicide Squad. You know, there are some scenes that people think that he was kind of hacky, like, you know, phoning it in for Justice League. It could be true. I don't know. I wasn't on set. I don't know what what well, happened. I so, think he was. I, I think that's true, but I think that's all the reshoot stuff that right. he wasn't into because that wasn't that wasn't what he and Zack Snyder set out to do with mm -hmm. the character. So, and, the, you know, and the, of course, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of Batman v Superman, but at the same time, watching Justice League. You know, what 
what does kind of stand out about Affleck's performance in there is that he's not, he doesn't totally, at least not in every scene, it doesn't always seem like he buys what he's saying, mm-hmm. it, you know, and he doesn't buy the tone of how he's being asked to act, you know, like the, what the tone of his performance in some of those scenes, because that's, that wasn't the vision that he had. I mean, Ben Affleck signed up based on, you know, his, his own agreement with Zack Snyder's vision for Batman. That's what they, you know, those guys signed up together to, to do that with Batman v Superman and then continue it on in a couple of Justice League films while Ben Affleck would uh, prepare to direct and star in a solo Batman film. Now, I would rather have a trilogy of Batman films under Matt Reeves than one more, uh, one more go of it with Affleck because I, you know, I tend to think long-term anyway, and I Mm -hmm. think Matt Reeves can deliver three really great Batman movies. And so I'd rather take three really great Batman movies over one more, Mm -hmm. you know, possibly great, Batman movie, um, I because I, I, I don't think Affleck's going to do it anyway. I mean, I I don't either. You know, I don't think he really wants to. I don't think he's, um, you know, I, and I think it for a long time it was him not wanting to and Warner Brothers hoping they could convince him to stay. And now I think it's a little more, uh, a little more mutual. Like I don't even really buy into the rumor of him showing up for one last appearance in like a flashpoint movie i don't even think right. i know they hired the directors officially now but i don't think they're making flashpoint i don't think I, they are either that's yeah. just the name that we keep calling it because that's right. what we've seen since comic con and we're just kind of rolling with that i don't think that's what it is i think they're just i think it's gone back to just being a more traditional solo flash film so i don't really see a bunch of other heroes factoring into it so i don't even know if there's going to be a place for ben affleck in that film anymore and I don't think I definitely don't think he wants to sign up for three more. And that's one that's the one thing I've if Ben Affleck was like, hell yeah, like if he actually meant what he said at Comic Con when he said he would be an ape on the ground for Matt Reeves, it's like if he would actually sign on for three movies with Matt Reeves, then I'd say, Yeah, let's do it, guys. Let's go ahead and let's knock mm-hmm. this out. But if he only wants to do one and Reeves wants to do three, then I would rather see Reeves do three and just get a new Batman rather than having to deal with recasting right there after the first third of a possible trilogy like let's just okay ben like you know some fans of course a lot of fans will always love what he did as batman but for the but for everybody else like okay well let's just move on and let's let's just go into the next era of batman movies it's so it's such a it's such a conundrum because i mean i'm sure they're thinking well what if i'm sure there's the thought of the series like well Hmm. What if we gave Matt Reeves three Batman movies Mm -hmm. and they were separate, but then we have Ben Affleck do the shared Batman universe (laughs) stuff. That'd work. We could have her cake and eat it too. Profit. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, the idea of, um, you know, these... I mean, and obviously, I mean, I guess they're going to try and do it if this Joker movie happens too. I mean, this idea of here's a movie that doesn't, uh, that's not part of our canon. And the whole kind of, the strange thing about that approach to me is that the audience just kind of assumes things are canon anyway. Um, So, and even though you can tell them all day long, this is not, this movie is not associated with these other movies. They don't read that shit like we do every day. So they don't know. You know, I can't, I still, I always point back to the example of, 
Batman Begins, you know, when that came out, everybody I talked to swore it was a, a prequel to uh, Burton's 89. Right, right. Batman. Even The Dark Knight. I knew there were tons of people who were like, oh, yeah, so that was also a prequel to the Batman 89. No. Oh, so it was just a remake. <laughs> no, it wasn't any of those things. <laughs> uh, uh, and when, I went to, when I went to the theater, people were like, oh, so this is a continuation of, like, Joel Schumacher. Where's George yeah. Clooney? Swear. Yeah. Yeah, Where's no, and that's, and that's what happens. And it's not because they're dumb. It's because they don't care. They don't focus on it the way that we do. And and that's all. But by the way, it doesn't bother them, though. When there's gaps in continuity, when there's things that don't quite sync up in the way where we might whine about it on the Internet, they don't they don't really notice, remember, or care all that much. Is they just want the movie to be good. And that's – I think that actually – you know, that's bailed Fox out a bunch of times is that mainstream audiences don't care about continuity because the X-Men with <laughs> continuity is a mess. But again, that's, it's a mess according to those of us who talk about movies on the internet. But for everybody else, they don't care. They don't notice. They couldn't tell you, you know, what the continuity issues are in the Fox X-Men films. But I think that is beneficial to DC right now because they're in this place right now where... You know, they they maybe want to ease back on the idea of connecting everything across the different franchises. They also want to be they might also need to do some recasting, whether that's for Batman or any other roles. We'll see what happens. But whatever it is they have to do, they don't actually have to do a full reboot in order to just, you know, in order to establish some new canon. Just keep going with Wonder Woman. You got Shazam uh going right now in production you've got aquaman coming out so just focus on these things that are working focus on these things that are coming out uh toss in the new matt reeves batman and just let the audience figure out where things fit in terms of continuity in terms of canon don't let the you know let matt reeves make his movies and if you're not if you're not like if unless warner brothers is like we really want to make another justice league movie asap which i don't i don't believe that's what they want to do then what does it matter if Matt Reeves wants to, his Batman to be separate? It's like, fine, your Batman is separate while you're making your movies, and, but then once you're done, you know, Batman's fair game and we'll do whatever we want with him. We'll bring him into other movies if we want. Just don't let him do what they let Nolan do, which is close off that continuity. That's the only thing they shouldn't do is they shouldn't tell they shouldn't let Matt Reeves just go in and be like, I'm going to tell three Batman movies or I'm going to make three Batman movies. That's going to be his entire career. And it's done so that you can't cross him over with anything else. You know, just don't interfere with his movies while he's making them. But then when he's done, if that actor, if that, especially if that same actor, whoever it ends up being, whether it's Jake Gyllenhaal or somebody else, it's like, OK, if you want to keep making these movies, we're going to keep paying you. But now we want now we want to take your you know, super well-established version of Batman, and we want to team you up with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and whoever, you know, whoever else is still around at that point, we want to team you all up again. And then it might actually work because then it's it's been earned in a way that it wasn't fully earned with Justice League. Right, I, I agree. Um, and plus, Nolan doesn't own the character of Batman, so him telling the, the studio that owns the character not to do it is fucking stupid too. Sorry. <laughs> No, Chris Nolan doesn't own the character of Batman. DC owns it, and essentially Warner Brothers owns the character because DC is owned by parent company Time Warner. Mm -hmm. So him say, don't touch my Batman, doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't. It does because they really, he, 
here's why it makes sense. It's because they didn't have him signed to make a third one. That's why it makes sense. So he got to dictate he got to dictate his terms. And I think what Nolan also did is because remember, he and David Goyer broke the story for Man of Steel mm -hmm. while they were working on Dark Knight Rises. And so I think that was kind of the thing he did to sweeten the pot for Warner Brothers is be like, well, look, you guys just let me, you know, close the book on this iteration of Batman. And then, you know, if you guys let me do that, then I will go ahead and we'll we'll start work. I'll get you a new Superman franchise up and running. And so Warner Brothers was like, OK, great, because Warner Brothers remember that their first attempt, their first modern attempt at a crossover universe was Green Lantern in 2011. Yeah. They went full Marvel for that. They, they, <laughs> they did. They did. And I, I, I said it was happening while it was happening. I was like, they're going to find their Robert Downey Jr. Guess who's Hal Jordan? Ryan Reynolds. Okay, we're off and running. And, I mean, they did the whole thing. They did. A, they put, tonally, they tried to make it like, you know, like Iron Man, although it just, they couldn't pull it off. Um, and then they also gave it a post credit scene. Like, they did, you know, they did the whole thing of trying to really launch this, of this is going to be our our Marvel universe. It didn't work, so they were like, screw it, that doesn't work for us. We've got our standalone Batman. Now no one's going to give us a standalone Superman. But then in 2012, Avengers comes out and just blows the roof off the box office, defies all expectations, and beats The Dark Knight Rises, both in terms of opening weekend and total domestic and worldwide gross. And they're like, oh, maybe we need to take another run at this. Yeah. <laughs> and... So, and I think if, if Iron Man or like if, if the timing had been different, um, if the MCU had blown up uh, prior to all their negotiations with Dark Knight Rises, I think they, you know, I don't think they would have been as agreeable to mm -hmm. Nolan's idea of, you know, closing off his, uh, his Batman. But I've known a lot of people and there's, there's a lot of belief out here in, in LA that they, they tried to reopen that door that that they're when they were wanting to make a you know when they were coming up with the idea of maybe doing a batman and superman team up or, or crossover that they wanted it to be christian bale and they wanted it you know nolan to be on board not necessarily not necessarily to direct but at least kind of give enough of a blessing even if it wasn't a real one if it was just more of an obligatory one just <laughs> you know, say something kind of nice about it so that, you know, Christian Bale would be on board with it. And even Bale has, you know, expressed some regrets, you know, of not, you know, of not playing Batman again, of, you know, not, you know, not continuing on after Dark Knight Rises. And so I think everybody kind of wishes that that's what they had, that they had ultimately done. But yeah, there was maybe just a little too much reverence for Nolan. They should have just told Bale, hey, man, we appreciate your loyalty, but um, how much more money do we need to solve that problem? <laughs> and right. It just got him on board. And, and if they, if Batman v Superman was Henry Cavill and Christian Bale, it's a completely different story. It, mm -hmm. You know, not only in terms of obviously the movie's different, but in terms of the way the audience would have anticipated that and responded to that, you know, completely different thing. And that's not to take anything away from Ben Affleck. That's just the simple fact Mm -hmm. that audiences had already invested in an entire trilogy's worth of stories with Bale's Batman as, a as opposed to you're crossing over with Ben's Batman, and this is the first time we're meeting the guy. Right, and I've had, like, hour-long conversations with Mark. He was on the phone, 
And he brings this up all the time. And I always steal it because it's fucking brilliant. I, I've told him I stole this. But he says, could you imagine a world where you have as your origin films, Batman Begins, Man of Steel, and Wonder mm. Woman movie. And then you can cross-pollinate from there. Yeah. Like, how how amazing would that have been? I'm like, what? why didn't they yeah. do that? Yeah, I have a question. It's because Warner Brothers' nature, unfortunately, has been to be reactionary. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they're not as forward-thinking when it comes to this stuff. And, and that's why we can always look back in hindsight and say, man, wouldn't it have been, wouldn't it have been cool if they had just done this? And it would have been cool, but they don't think of that ahead of time. You know, they did. They were resistant to the idea of, you know, they at first they were open to their idea of a cinematic universe. Then they were resisting it, and then they felt like they had no choice because it was, you know, blowing up and becoming so successful somewhere else that they tried to replicate that as quickly as they possibly could, and didn't make the best decisions in terms of how, uh, in terms of how to get there. And I know when I say that, that annoys the shit out of a lot of people who love the DCEU and it's great that you love it but a lot of people don't <laughs> and you know the box office for Justice League proves that people just ultimately didn't buy what Warner Brothers was selling with this universe despite having just loved Wonder Woman a few months earlier um, you know it just shows that there were you know they and they didn't they didn't think of this far enough in advance and really take the time to execute it to earn what they wanted from the audience both emotionally and financially do you, are you someone who is down for the idea of a Batman list Joker film? Uh, not really, no. Because um, look, I love Joker, and mm-hmm. I, I've told this story many times that the Joker is the reason I'm a Batman fan, and therefore the reason that I am a superhero and comic book fan. Like, my first memory of just even being attracted to this stuff as a kid is the Joker. And I always thought, and that was what really got me into Batman is, you know, it was reruns of, you know, it was whether it was cartoons or action figures or reruns of the 60s uh, TV show. Like I was all about Cesar Romero's Joker. And that was mainly what I wanted when I wanted to watch the show. I wanted it to be a Joker episode or I was significantly less interested. Right. Um, but then, of course, you know, that increased my exposure to Batman. And so then I fell in love with Batman and then ultimately loved Batman just as much, if not more. Um, so in, in some ways it's like, well, as a, as a pure Joker fan, I could get bumped, maybe get behind a Joker film, but Batman still got to be in it. You know, right. like it, if it focuses more on the Joker and more from his perspective, okay. But Batman still has to be part of it because even in, you know, like, uh, even in, there's, you know, there's plenty of bat, you know, there's Joker focused stories like the Joker graphic novel from 2008 by Brian Azrael and Lee Bermejo, where it's Joker's story, 100% told through the eyes of a guy who's working for him. But then Batman still shows up and is in his part of it in some way. But what I'm not interested in, what I've never been that interested in is the Joker's origin. I don't really care that much of how he came to be. Yeah, that's Noel, but yeah. <laughs> it, I can't uh, find, I'm looking for the Joker. Yeah. I can't, I don't know where I put it. Yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, like they, um, you know, as far as uh, 
you know, the idea of a Joker origin story. I mean, he's had one for, well, he didn't have one for like 11 years in the comics. And then they gave him one with the whole Red Hood thing and the chemicals bleaching his skin. And, and it's always been, you know, since then, it's largely been, you know, some adaptation of that, whether it's the failed stand-up comedian and Killing Joke and, and on down the line. And, you know, like all of that stuff, it, it's always been like fine to me, like it's like, but I've never been super jazzed about it. And I'm not super jazzed about the idea of, watching a whole movie dedicated to Joker's origin because I don't think his origin is his origin is not as interesting as who he is after you know after he goes through whatever it is that makes him the Joker and I think that's always a trick you know that's always a tricky thing to do with movies this is not you know like this is not Anakin Skywalker who had an entire life as a Jedi, and although the prequels didn't really work either, but you know, at least <laughs> at least con at least conceptually, you know, like the idea of you know this guy who was a promising Jedi, you know, like that. There's more story there to tell than there is with the guy who wanted to be a stand-up comedian and failed, and just through having the worst day of his life turned into, you know, turned into the Joker and the other issue with that is even the killing joke says you know if i'm gonna have a past i prefer it to be multiple choice and there's even some depending on how you interpret the killing joke it's like in his mind you know joker is inventing that story because he wants to believe that it was just a bad day who made him who he was um but that's not you know but it's not actually true you know <laughs> like this is the joker wanting to believe that he has a sympathetic backstory when he doesn't and he's just he's just inherently evil and, and terrible and and so now, dedicating a movie to his origin just seems a little weird to me. Uh, you know, a Joker movie, okay, but let's just watch him be the Joker. You know, or a Joker and Harley Quinn movie, yeah, that makes sense. You know, something, you know, something like that for him to, you know, somebody for him to interact with, like all of that works for me. But a Joker solo film, it's a questionable idea. I can sort of get on board with it, but, but the origin, I don't want to spend two hours. <laughs> watching right. you know watching him become the joker especially if the movie's going to be like you know an hour or an hour and a half of comedian and then only you know see him as the joker at the very end like i, I definitely don't want that movie you mean comedian from watchmen i'd watch that yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah if the comedian turned into joker fine but that just twist scrawny, yeah. <laughs> as the scrawny failed stand-up comedian i don't want to watch an hour of that guy I I don't, I don't and I don't even if he's Joaquin Phoenix I don't want to watch it. I I you, I'm not interested because once you give Joker the backstory of like of like the sad actor the sad comedian you you're giving you're giving uh him like an emotional background. What mm -hmm. attracted me to the Chris Nolan's version of the Joker and Heath Ledger's version of the Joker is he just was like I remember seeing or hearing like Jonah Nolan's description of like how the Joker just came to be. It was like the the Joker was like Satan. He just like showed up out of the blue, mm -hmm. and we see him for that first when he's holding the mask and about to be picked up. Like that is interesting, and we see like he's like you know how how do I get these scars? Like he's lying to us, mm -hmm. and when you're watching it for the first time, when you're watching The Dark Knight. The first time he's like, oh, shit, like that really happened. Then you see the second one. Like, right. Oh, I see what he's doing. Mm -hmm. he's, pl he's, he's playing with everyone. The idea of, uh, of being emotionally invested in a, in a sadistic, psychopathic, mass murdering clown doesn't mm -hmm. interest me.
Right. It doesn't. I don't care about I just want to see the Joker be the Joker. Right. Why can't why can't there be a Joker movie where it's his first day as the Joker? Sure. And he's doing all these fucked up things. And at the very end, the very last scene is we see Batman fly down mm-hmm. and they just are standing like looking at each other. Credits. Greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I don't know about greatest movie of all time, but it's definitely a better idea than, you know, a long drawn out origin story. And and I think the same thing that you were that you enjoyed about uh Ledger slash Nolan's Joker, same thing that I enjoyed and many people did. I know, you know, talking to a lot of just even casual moviegoers after that film, a lot of people really liked the scar stories and they liked that twist of how they changed. You know, mm-hmm. just when you thought you understood him. He tells a completely different story. And even though they don't tell a third story, he gets ready to tell a third story to Batman before Batman just, you know, throws him off the building and catches him. <laughs> like, you know, so they having that bit in The Dark Knight and, and people liking that so much, I don't know that people are going to be into this idea. I mean, granted, they there's some exposure to it, obviously, because we saw a Joker origin in Burton's Batman, but and I think now when people saw this idea of the Joker ne- not necessarily having an origin, taking him back to having not and, you know, and then if they make a whole movie about it, it's not even really hazy. You know, it's like this is really what happened. You know, this is exactly who the Joker is. This is exactly how it all started. And I there's something about that that is inherently less interesting, because even with Jack Napier in Batman 89, maybe we know we know like the final transformation, but there's still a lot of stuff about Jack's past that we don't necessarily know. And this is a guy that was kind of sick anyway. And we don't necessarily know why. I mean, he was always just kind of a, just kind of like, always like a bad kid. And he had this uh, criminal past and he was working for the mob. And so he was doing all these things. Uh, Cause even when, uh, like when uh, Eckhart sees him in the beginning, he's like, I don't work for psycho. Like, you know, people already know that Jack Napier is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the it's not getting dunked in the acid that makes him crazy. Maybe that pushes him over the top, mm-hmm. but he was already crazy. He was already violent uh, ahead of time. And so, you know, it would they'll they, I just I would just say they have to be really careful about not painting themselves into too much of a corner of this is exactly who he was step by step to becoming the Joker, because that story can never be as interesting and it can never, if you're telling it in a definitive way, it can't be as interesting and it can't live up to who this character is after. Cause people love who this character is after, you know, right. you know it's going to be a hard time convincing them that who he was before the transformation is every bit as interesting. And Jack Nicholson has said, you know, when and he did like his 2005, you know, Batman DVD special features, he says, you know, what I realized from working for, you know, an audience full of kids, the more you scare them, the more they love it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to show, like, the origins of, you know, whoever this character is, you're not really scaring the audience. You're not scaring the kids. Right. You're not. And if it would have been, like, a Martin Scorsese-directed film, I'd get behind this idea of a Joker origin story. Because I think he'd find an interesting way of having... Uh, this movie be about gangsters and then like the Joker is kind of always in the background and then Mm -hmm. halfway through you see like the full transformation but Todd Phillips the hangover guy who directed War Dogs 
Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is you rather rather than getting Martin Scorsese, they have the guy who tried his best to make a Martin Scorsese film with War Dogs, which wasn't I didn't think War Dogs was anything special at all. So, you know, so it it certainly didn't prove to me that, oh, Todd Phillips has something here that I didn't necessarily expect from him after, uh, you know, like old school and the hangover films. You know, and I, well, I only love the first Hangover movie. I mean, I love that movie. I love old school. They're hilarious. But, you know, when he tried to flip that switch of, like, I can be dramatic, too, with my filmmaking, I didn't think, you know, that, but still be kind of upbeat and funny. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was basically trying to make, you know, his Goodfellas Gunrunner movie <laughs> with War Dogs, and I don't think it quite worked. And so I'm not thrilled with the idea of him being the guy for this, that, if it was Martin Scorsese, then yeah, that's that is a different story because Martin Scorsese has earned that right of like you know, you know me as just some dude who talks about movies on the internet <laughs> like should not be the guy telling Martin Scorsese what he can and can't pull well, off. Right. Not right. that I should necessarily be the guy who tells Todd Phillips what he can and can't pull off, but my confidence in Martin Scorsese is on a completely different level than my confidence in Todd Phillips. I'd, and I'd much rather see Mar- Marty Scorsese's Joker film. Because I feel like he would cast Leonardo DiCaprio. And I've always thought that Leo was like our generation's Jack Nicholson. I have always felt that. I could see Especially that. the later later on, like yeah. not Titanic or Romeo no, and no, Juliet. No. But like like from the like the departed on. Right. Like he's been like he's been an interesting a very interesting he's like I'm I'm pursuing different characters i'm not i'm not trying to be like the big like wolf of wall street revenant even the aviator i think the aviator is one of his best films of all time yeah like he just is a great actor um but todd phillips doesn't cow jump in come on (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm totally agreeing with you there like ever since i first heard about this project i've had no confidence in it um i mean (laughs) I don't want to be that pessimistic. But I'm just like, ah, like, like, like Sean was saying, like the story could work in a shorter format. Like I don't want to see a full length feature film, but it could work in like a, like a short film or like an episode of a TV series or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like I, I just, I just feel like there definitely needs to be something more there. And like maybe something like a, like a Scorsese, he has, he's an expert in that kind of stuff. He could probably pull it off, but I don't know about Todd Phillips. I'm, I'm not too familiar with his work. So can't really comment on it. His best movie no one talks about. It's Starsky and Hutch. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that's good. That's his though. best movie. That's his, like, that's my favorite. That, that movie's hysterical. It's got, mm-hmm. a, like, the crime. There's, a, like, I really like Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Vince Vaughn gives, like, his first, like, really kind of dramatic role as, like, this kind of, like, evil, evil guy. Like, I don't know. Like, I love Starsky and Hutch, but War Dogs, no. Hangover 2 and 3, no. Old school is funny, but like you, that doesn't automatically give me. Oh, he can make a he can make a no. villain film. <laughs> no, and I think that's the thing that I, I hope Warner Brothers kind of pays attention to is just like the the people who should be excited about this movie are not. No. So if you can't even get your base super excited about this movie, then how are you really going to sell that to a mainstream audience when? most of the social conversation around the movie is going to be pretty negative unless you can really just make the movie and then drop one hell of a trailer 
But then if that doesn't work, you've already made the movie. So now you got to put out this movie that people watch the trailer and they still don't want it. To Netflix. Yeah. I just think they need to, they need to focus on other stuff. There's tons of other movies that DC fans would be ready and willing to embrace. And so I just don't, cause yeah, it's very clear that DC fans are split on whether or not they even want this movie. And I would actually say I, I see more fans not wanting the movie than wanting it. And so maybe that's not the best place to start from. I mean, if they can really get Joaquin Phoenix, that would add another level of intrigue to me because I think Joaquin Phoenix is great. And he was one of my, you know, pre Heath Ledger. He was one of my top choices to be the Joker um, and was another top choice again when we needed another Joker, you know, presumably for for Suicide Squad. But um, so if he signs on, then that would make me think that, wow, somebody must have really delivered an awesome script if Joaquin Phoenix is is in on this. But I don't know that he's in on it. You know, like it's, you know, he was swearing he hadn't even heard about it. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, I still don't know that he's, I still don't think he's actually signed on to do it. Right. He might, he might be at a, a stage where he said, well, if Todd Phillips is doing it, but really mainly because Martin Scorsese is producing it and involved, okay, fine. Like I'll, depending on whether or not I like the script when you finish it, maybe I would do this movie. And I think that's about as far as it is. And then, you know, it really comes down to Todd Phillips having to deliver on the script because he's writing it too. He's not just uh, not just directing it. So that's that's a whole other thing too. Like, I don't know if maybe they should bring in somebody else to help or <laughs> or what. I don't know. This It's just a tough call. I, I'll say this. Just because Martin Scorsese is involved in a like a movie, like producing it, yeah. And 2017, he produced the movie The Snowman with Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Just saying. Well, Just being saying. a producer, you know, being a producer, it's a very broad title, which is why a lot of people don't even know what that job is. And the reason why you don't know what that job is is because it's a lot of different jobs. It could mean you're doing a lot of stuff, it could mean you're doing very little. It can be, I mean, sometimes it can just be flat out honorary, you know, or it can just be contractual, you know, like mm -hmm. you have to, you know, John Favreau continues to be an executive producer on like any movie that has Iron Man in it because that's part of his deal from direct, you know, when he was directing the first two Iron Man films. It doesn't mean he's uh, directly involved, although he does actually watch the movies and give notes. But, you know, a lot of people... You know, it's like Christopher Nolan as well, like has EP credits on some of the DC movies that like, you know, he didn't do that much on, you know, he had an EP credit on Batman v Superman and he wasn't working on that film. And Transcendence. You know? oh. yeah. so, so that's the thing is, you know, just because you're, you know, you're an EP or a producer on the movie doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean the same thing to, right. you know, it doesn't mean the same thing every time out. So yeah, you know, Martin Scorsese just being attached could be nothing more than, you know, hey, Marty, we will give you a bunch of money if we can attach your name to this thing because that will give it credibility. Yeah, sure. That's, that's, what, it fe that's what it feels like. It feels like he, want, he, he had an overall development deal with the studio, and the studio wants to make him happy because they want him to direct future movies at the studio. And this is just to make Mart Martin Scorsese happy So, because yep. he likes – he's produced Todd Phillips movies before, and mm – -hmm that's it like let's let's do it's going back to the way that warner brothers doesn't understand they don't have to do that anymore 
They can do what Marvel does. If you want to play in our sandbox, you're going to go by our rules. That's what Marvel's great at. Kevin Feige brings the people in. You're, here's what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that he brings in directors for hire. I, I don't think it's like that at all. I feel like the, he's very collaborative, but the overall, like, here's the overall. But you have to, pl- we'll give you what you want, but you have to play within our sandbox. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a balancing act and it's an incredibly difficult one. And, you know, it's funny because like, but Kevin Feige has actually kind of described what his process is and mm-hmm. it's, and I believe the results show that he's being truthful about it. And it's not just some line of bullshit to feed to press is that, you know, when first Marvel has their, you know, their idea of these are the characters we want to work with. And this is kind of our idea for this character. And then they meet with a bunch of filmmakers to come in with different ideas and they they give all those filmmakers basically the same, you know, Marvel first actually gives the filmmakers their pitch of like, this is how we see the movie. Now you go off and you take that idea, start running with it, bring it back to us and see what you, you know, see what works. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's actually not just about finding somebody who makes something that aligns with whatever Marvel's vision is going to be. It's actually finding the person who takes that and then makes it better. You know, and that's usually the filmmaker that they end up going with because, you know, especially especially with their most recent films, you know, with stuff like the Guardians movies and, you know, Thor Ragnarok and, and Black Panther, you can't tell me that Marvel's making the same movie and Marvel's just hiring people to come in and, and it's basically Kevin Feige directing these movies and the direct, the other directors are just, you know, they are just directors for hire, like they're just shooters and that's it. <laughs> You know, that's not what Marvel's body of work reflects, especially their most recent body of work. But you do need that. You do need somebody to. And I think that's that continues to be DC's problem is they haven't found that person who can oversee the whole thing and help guide it because there, you know, there's a certain amount of letting filmmakers do what they're going to do. But you also have characters that are established care you know you have intellectual property that is valuable and that and it works for a reason you have characters that have been around you know continue you know in continuous publication for decades and that happens for a reason so you got to find filmmakers who believe in those characters just as much as you do but at the same time you have to have somebody who can you know who can captain the ship like the entire thing and be like and, and be able to look at what everybody's doing and try and help tie things together in whatever little ways you can. But above all else, help guide these filmmakers into making good movies. Because that's the mm-hmm. one thing that you will hear about Kevin Feige, whether that's stuff that's been said publicly or stuff that I've heard not so publicly, is people who work with Kevin Feige, they think he's really, really smart. And they think he's a really great collaborator. And they say he has great ideas that helps make their films better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, James Gunn, the Russos, they've all shared different stories publicly in interviews about just in very specific things that Feige did, you know, or ideas that he had that helped make their movies better. And I don't know that Warner Brothers has that person, you know, maybe well, they maybe, did. I, I don't know that they did. And that's the thing, you know, I I think Jeff Johns got a raw deal, but at the same I don't think he got an opportunity to prove himself. But that doesn't. I don't believe he had proved himself, and that he definitely was the guy. I thought he maybe could have been the guy, you know, and didn't get a chance to. They didn't take the opportunity to really figure that out, and that's disappointing. 
But no, there is no guarantee that Jeff Johns was the guy because there's a difference between the two. And I think I talked about this on your show before, on the show before, of like, you know, Feige and Jeff Johns, very similar beginnings. Both started out working for Richard Donner. In fact, at the same time, they were in, you know, Richard Donner's uh, company. You know, Jeff Johns was working more for Richard and uh, Feige was, you know, ended up working more for Laura Schuler Donner, uh, Richard Donner's wife. And, you know, Jeff Johns went off to focus on comics. Meanwhile, Kevin Feige, he came up as a producer from an associate producer on the X-Men movie in 2000 all the way up through until eventually became the president of Marvel Studios. And I think what actually helps Feige to this day is not all the great movies they've made at Marvel. Feige was a producer, um, whether it was a, as an associate producer or co-producer, there's tons of different producer titles on movies, but he was a producer on some bad comic book movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that actually helps. You know, people say this all the time in tons in different lines of work that you learn more from your failures than your than your successes. And Feige was there for a lot of, you know, creative failures and that, you know, so he learned he saw people making mistakes, not even necessarily that they were his mistakes, but he saw from other studios cuz Marvel didn't own him at the time, like he saw the mistakes that got made with these movies, he learned from them and he's applied those to when it was finally his job and he was in charge he was able to apply everything that he had learned and he's been able to build that successfully with Marvel. Jeff Johns hasn't learned all those lessons in movies the way that Kevin Feige has. But now maybe he's had a chance to because he's seen <laughs> you know, a lot of the pitfalls that they've run into in the DCEU. But unfortunately, you know, he doesn't have that shot. And I don't want to I don't want to disrespect Walter Hamada who's done, you know, he's what he's done with kind of those he has the second most successful cinematic universe in Hollywood with the Conjuring universe that he's overseen at New Line. It may be much, much smaller, obviously, than the Marvel universe, but in their own little way, they've created this interconnected continuity with these horror films, um, and it's been successful. So in a lot of ways, you could see him being qualified, and that's why I do have some belief that maybe he will be the guy. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, with Jeff Johns, he had the he. I still believe he has the potential to be the guy, but we've never and perhaps never will see uh, whether or not he actually could have done it. But I don't want to just assume that he absolutely would have been able to do it because I don't think we've uh, I don't think we ever really had a chance to determine that. Um, back to the Joker Elseworlds. I think it's a to kind of like put an end to this Joker Elseworlds thing before we move on to the next. Is I think they what they should do. Instead of doing the Joker, get Nick Cage to do the Superman Lives as in Elseworlds. Uh, I mean, if you want to make it for rather, like 20 bucks, okay. But like. I'd, Well, I'd, I'd much rather see that. That I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'd much rather see that. I love the Joker more than I love yeah. Superman. But I'm more interested in see, If they're going to do an Elseworlds, I'd much rather see that than the proposed let's do a joker origin story because that's the best idea well, we've ever had it i'd much rather see old balding nick cage in a <laughs> superman movie with his really puffy face mm -hmm. like you well, know like he's out partying to be hard. fair they do have nick cage voicing superman in the upcoming teen titans go movie and yeah. what's funny is <laughs> Like, true story, uh, me and Mark were talking, like, texting. I was like, could you imagine if they did, like, a like Superman lives with, like, animated film and just had Nick Cage? Nick Cage would never do that. <laughs> yep. He would I totally win. do it. I he, win. 
Yeah, he would totally do it because he wants to play Superman and now he finally gets to. And um, actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea for DC's uh, direct to uh, direct to video animated films is to actually make the movies that didn't get made. You know, uh, Superman Lives, Darren, Darren Aronofsky's Batman Year One, um, you know, Wolfgang Peter. More- Justice League Mortal. Justice League Mortal, Wolfgang Peterson's Batman, you know, his original Batman versus Superman uh, movie. So, because they own the scripts, right? Like, it's in perpetuity. Yeah, it's there. I mean, it's what's there. I mean, it's there. You might might actually have to pay, you know, there's usually, there's often deals with writers and filmmakers, like, depending on their creative input, if you're taking their ideas, you have to pay them because now it's something that's, that's being made. So, all of that stuff they could maybe work out, but. Um, I, I think that would be cool. But here's the thing that uh, we call it Elseworlds because that's what we associate with mm-hmm. out of canon uh, DC films. And uh, I think, but Warner Brothers hasn't given it that label. We just kind of have, and they, they still haven't given it a label. And that's the other thing that tells you that they don't have a vision for this yet. You can't even say what this is called. You don't even know how you want to brand this yet. Right. <laughs> and you're talking about making this movie. There, the, but, Kyle said it perfectly. They have no confidence in what they're doing. Yeah. Before you so, came on, he's like, there's no confidence from what they're doing. What's no, the there's there's not. And I think with, it should be Elseworlds, but the, po- the point of Elseworlds is it needs to be the kind of thing you can't tell in canon. You can do a Joker origin story in canon yeah. of the the main dcu you don't have to go outside of that to tell that story you go outside of that to tell you know like a batman crimson mist kind of story or to tell gotham by gaslight or you know those are the that's the elseworld stuff of like this doesn't actually happen in the canon like bruce wayne wasn't alive in the 19th century (laughs) like you know like you have all these different things like it's not this is not you know this is not the normal story this is not the normal world we're really going outside and doing something else like it's it's really it's it's in the name else worlds and that's not <laughs> you, you can't you get you know it's it can't be any more descriptive you know just in its name alone and that's why they probably won't use that name uh for the branding but you should already know what your branding is if you if you really think you're going to be able to talk about having some slate of films that are out of canon then you should know what you're going to call it you should know what you're really trying to achieve there and they don't because they just kind of continue to be reactionary and throwing stuff on the wall. And and I hope I hope that that changes now. I mean, I, I really hope that now with, you know, it's like, okay, fine. You, you cleaned house again, and now you've got, although you haven't cleaned all the way to the very top, um, but. Thank you, know, you for saying that. Thank you. You've, you've <laughs> uh, you know, you've, you've cleaned out one group of scapegoats and now you've brought another one in and hopefully. <laughs> You know, now Kevin Sujihara has like removed himself, you know, from the day to day and and placed uh, Toby Emmerich there. Hopefully he's better. But I mean, he's been around this whole he was around for Justice League, too. You can't just like divorce him from it, <laughs> and, like from the pitfalls of that movie and, and its lack of success. So but I I just hope now it's like, OK, Walter Hamada has. He's got credibility within the studio that. John Berg and Jeff Johns didn't have. And right. we can argue all day that maybe Jeff Johns should have had that kind of credibility and trust and deserved it and just didn't get the opportunity. And I would agree with a lot of that. But now that you've made your decision with Walter Hamada, like you've got to stick with him and you've got to let him run this thing 
until you fail and need a scapegoat. Yeah, well, but <laughs> even if, but you have to understand what it really takes, which is you can't judge him based on Aquaman at the end of this year. You can't do that because he, Aquaman was already completely shot before, you know, before uh, Walter Hamada took over. And granted, he has time to help with like reshoots and whatever else they think they need to do as they, you know, you know, continue to finish that movie. But, you know, you you have to really look at Shazam, which actually got developed more at New Line, which Walter mm -hmm. Hamada was was running. So, I mean, he he's had more input on Shazam from the start. So that's a fair one to look at from him. But it's basically from Shazam onward is where you can evaluate Walter Hamada. Like you can't. If if Walter Hamada gets booted next year, you know, or late this year or early next year, if Aquaman's disappointing, then we know that nothing is really ever going to change <laughs> at Warner Brothers, where it's just basically who's protecting Kevin, you know, Kevin Sujahar's job for the next year uh, before he gets thrown under the bus. You know, it's. I mean, thankfully, I really hope that Kevin Sujahar means it when he's taking himself out of this day-to-day -day stuff because. <sighs> You know, he didn't come from movies. That wasn't his background. And, you know, that's shown in, in the results of a lot of these films. And so he definitely needs to step back, let <laughs> other people who've made movies and been successful and run studios um, come in and actually do this thing. And so, and Walter Hamada, you know, I know it's not like the sexiest name out there for fans because he has no, no previous association with comic book movies. But the guy has developed something that works and has been very successful. So you got to give him that, and and then just hope that he can trans, you know, bring, be just as successful on obviously a much bigger scale with the uh, with the DC universe. And but more than but more than fans, you know, just having to give him a chance. It's really Warner Brothers who has to give him a chance, and more importantly, give him the time to show whether or not he can do it. As soon as you said Kevin's name, I just got like angry. I was like, ah. <laughs> I saw you hold now, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's at the end of the day, it's shit falls down, you know, from oh, the yeah. top, right? So it behooves me to think that they. Are, uh, that's a let's just wait for that's a different episode of the podcast yeah we'll go we'll go that'll be like a seven hour this will be like seven hours if if we jump into that i just know i don't have the energy to do that um i just i i'm hopeful that aquaman comes out and successful i'm hopeful that shazam comes out and successful mm -hmm. but then but then that just because that those come out and are successful there's still the opportunity that the that you know there's going to be a merger so they're they might clean house again mm -hmm. it's such an it's such an open revolving door at this point mm -hmm. that it i don't know what it i don't know how to be excited anymore other than like for batman like I keep yeah. hearing all these different projects, like New Gods. Oh my God, I'm excited about. Why not Man of Steel two? Oh my God, Suicide Squad's two coming out, and they're gonna have, uh, they're gonna have The Rock. He's gonna be Black Adam in that. That's where. We, well, why didn't we have him in Shazam? Right, where it actually makes sense to have him. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just like they take two or three steps forward and then take 
you know, someone gets in the car and they drive and they put it in reverse and drive miles backwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. Yeah. I mean, there's that. Well, there's that. And my example for what they did to Jeff Johns is they asked him to fix the car, but they didn't stop. They were still driving a hundred miles an hour and just told him to <laughs> right. get out on the hood and, you know, <laughs> and fix it'll the be fine. Thing. It'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Don't worry. We have a harness. We didn't bring it, but we have one. Um, like it's just the weirdest thing with the, how a lot of this stuff works. But I actually, I feel pretty good about Shazam and I, I know it only just started production. So maybe that feeling like premature. they're having fun, right? It they seems seem like they're having fun. Um, but then you know, they thought they were having, we thought they were having fun for suicide squad. So yeah, well, <laughs> it's a little easier with, uh, you know, having fun with a, a much smaller group with Shazam is easy. I mean, when it's a huge ensemble like Suicide Squad and they're having fun, yeah, they might be having too much fun, you know, and, and there's not a lot getting done. Um, but I think with Shazam, it's it's fine, and you know, I think David Sandberg's a good director. I think I I really like the choice of Zachary Levi as Shazam. I, I think that was a good fit because he's a legitimate fan, and that's what Billy Batson is. He's a legitimate fan of superheroes who all of a sudden gets to be a superhero by saying a magic word. So, you know, having you know, I think Zachary Levi can obviously relate to that and bring that, you know, bring that to the screen. And so I, I'm very excited about Shazam. Aquaman, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that, that has me really, really excited about that, well, I guess there's two things. It's James Wan, because I think he's also a very proven commodity out there as a director. Um, and then I'm also really excited because I've always wanted to see Black Manta in a movie. Even though he's not the main villain, I'll take it. <laughs> and I want to see him. But am I completely confident and convinced that the movie is going to be great i'm not you know because uh you know we i i know that some people heard some good things coming out of that you know the aquaman uh test screenings you know about a, a month ago or whenever that was but you know as mark said on our latest episode of the superhero news show which isn't even up yet but it'll be <laughs> it'll be up probably by the time your listeners are seeing this but you know even he shared that you know he didn't necessarily hear the greatest things coming out of that test screening. And yeah. so, you know, it, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Aquaman. It's, I, I, you know, I'm certainly going to go watch it obviously, but I'm kind of tempering my expectations a bit because it was really hard to get a beat on what they're even going to do with Aquaman based on justice league, because I enjoyed Jason Momoa in the role and I had fun with him, but they didn't really develop a full character there. I mean, he's right. just kind of, I mean, He's kind of what he was in the trailers, which basically I was saying like he's like the James Hetfield of uh, you know, <laughs> of the Justice League. He's like just put on the mic going, yeah, and like he's just that's <laughs> that's basically. I Aquaman. love Metallica. Yeah, he, me too. Um, he was kind of just there because they needed him to be there. He but just showed up at the right they, time though? with water. Mm, they, they needed him. For, well, they needed someone for one liners. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, you know, it's just they didn't they didn't really flesh out the character though, and uh, I mean, you so, could say that for a lot of characters and absolutely, you know, Flash. absolutely, absolutely. So it's not it's not like it was unique to Aquaman, but that's the thing is you should be he should be a little more fleshed out at least than he was coming out of Justice League, and that's where it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, what's going to happen, and the fact that like. You know, as Justice League is just hitting theaters, Jason Momoa is like, well, that's not really the Aquaman <laughs> that we have. That's like a day in the life of Arthur Curry, but that's not our 
that's not our Aquaman. It's like, okay, well then what is your Aquaman? Um, you know, so that's going to be, it, Aquaman's a question mark for me and, and Shazam is too, but I feel better about the question mark, you know, behind, uh, or that's out in front of Shazam right now. I have more confidence in that than I do in, uh, than I do in Aquaman right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Warner I just... Brothers does too. <laughs> <laughs> you mean new line dude new or line has slash to. new line so. <laughs> mm. i just i really hope that you know they finally get the house in order before you know the merger happens whatever happens with that hopefully someone like loses their job because i'll be honest if, if you just look at if you look at the slate of movies right if we don't if we take away the dc films mm-hmm. right and we look at their other huge property that was mismanaged too. Fantastic Beast made what seven hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and the previous two films made close to a billion. The second one made a billion, but you have like they just mismanaged the marketing of that film. They mismanaged how they rolled that film out. Mm-hmm. Like I went to the theater like two or three days after, like the official release of Fantastic Beast at like eight o'clock on a Sunday or a Saturday. And barely anyone was in the theaters. Like, what is going on? I remember right. the last two Harry Potter movies, like, they were lined out to the road. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyle, the Trillium, they were lined to the road with people waiting to get in. I can see that. I remember for the last Harry Potter movie, I only went to watch the Dark Knight Rises teaser. <laughs> <And so> <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wait in line. I literally just walked to the back of the theater because I didn't need a seat. I stood up and watched the trailer and I left. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever watched the Worth final it. Harry Potter movie? Uh, I mean, I've seen it eventually. You know, I saw it eventually, but yeah, I didn't care about you know seeing it right away on opening night. In fact, actually, I didn't. I didn't see any of the Harry Potter movies in the theater. I caught up with them later, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with the the sequel to Fantastic Beasts. But you know, I, I'll give them a little bit of a, a break on the Fantastic Beast stuff because even though it's like Harry Potter, it's Harry Potter adjacent. Like the title character's not in this, and so I think that there was always going to be a little bit of a, a dip in the box office. But I think the bigger test will be this this second one if they can, if you see a big box office drop between the first Fantastic Beast and the second one, then you know that even the people who saw Fantastic Beast just didn't like it and aren't believing in it. And that's a problem now. If it show if it ends up doing better, then obviously that's a you know step in the right direction for them. But with DC, they just gotta there's a lot of stuff that they have to figure out. And and I, I think they have to they have to hope that they found the right guy because They've put they've put somebody in charge, and they have to hope that they've made the right choice. But that's the hardest thing about this is this isn't the kind of job where when you hire somebody, you will know right away whether or not they're the right choice because these are projects that take a long time, uh-huh. and so you have to let them play out before you really figure out whether or not um, they've whether or not they can do it. And so they've got to give now. This is you know this is who you've chosen, Walter Hamada. So you have to. You have to see that through now. And, you know, as fans, all we can do is sit and wait. And that's what sucks is because we were we were here a year and a half ago where Jeff Johns and John Berg got put in charge. And we were saying the same thing of like, okay, we got to wait and see how this plays out. And we didn't really even make it all the way to seeing it, you know, play out. Like, they should have at least been able to go all the way through Aquaman this year. Um, and unfortunately, they weren't able to do that. 
So this is, you know, this is where we've ended up. And I think the only way I'll ask one more question and let you go because it's getting late for all of us. Um, but like you said, like you, like we gotta wait and see. But you can't cut, you can't cut your your nose to spite your face. Like that's what the guy at the top's doing. He just he he's so. I, I don't want to be disparaging, but from an outsider looking in, it seems to be a problem of complete and utter micromanagement from a guy. It's like it's like if I were in charge, if I was the CEO of GM, that mm. doesn't mean I can go and work on a car. Right. That And that's how it is. Just because he's the CEO doesn't mean he knows a damn about the process of what filmmaking is mm -hmm. he's a figurehead he's a bean counter and that's at the end of the day that's all he is that's he and he needs to recognize my ultimate goal is to make money for the studio i have to impress mm -hmm. the shareholders i have to make sure that you know we're not having problems with like sexual harassment you know we have a good culture of stuff here and there but my job is not to be the day in, day out of what is being done on each individual film. Do right. here's here's where we need to go. Here's where I'd like to see you to go. I'd like to get a DC Cinematic Universe off the ground. Let's do this. But I we need we need to give it time to to really you know you know plant the seeds, make this you know water the plants, let it sprout, grow into trees. That mm -hmm. takes time. Let's not let, I can understand him wanting to rush. But if you want to rush it, you have to let the filmmakers – when you hire someone to do a job, you let them fucking do it. Mm -hmm. You don't go in there like, nope, I don't like where this is going because I'm the, the de facto here. He doesn't come from a background of being a filmmaker, a storyteller, or a producer. I believe he comes from a background of being like a digital guy who worked at like Six that. Flags. Yeah, he also yeah he did theme parks. He did like digital packaging of stuff. Like it, it was, you know, movie making was not his background. Which is not to say a studio executive has to be an accomplished filmmaker. Right. But if you're go, you know, but if you're going to lead a studio like Warner Brothers, then it should help that you should have been leading movies as an executive. Right. You know, even if you weren't necessarily the top executive, because, you know, Jeff Robinoff wasn't the top executive, but then he got to be the top executive when Alan Horn left uh, Warner Brothers. And then, you know, but when Jeff Robinoff left, they didn't replace him. You know, Kevin Sujihara just basically kind of stepped in and did more. And then he also had kind of a, it ended up being like this, uh, you know, this trident, really, if we're talking about Aquaman, of Sue Kroll, who was marketing, you know, Greg Silverman. And all these people, by the way, are, are gone. You know, right. I can't remember who the third person was. But, like, yeah, the, Sue Kroll, gone. You know, now she's, I think, like a producer on the lot. Greg Silverman, gone. Um, and so Kevin Sujahar is doing a really good job of, you know, getting rid of people <laughs> and putting, you know, pushing the blame off onto them. But he he didn't really come from a movie background, and I think that's shown. And and because the, it's not so much micromanagement, and maybe maybe that's part of it, as it is just plain old mismanagement. Because, you know, your job as a studio executive, like Alan Horn is the chairman of the Walt Disney Studios, 
He give I will guarantee you he gives notes on Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, Pixar movies, and on down the line because that's his job. Mm-hmm. But the difference is he's good at it. You know, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige as the head of Marvel Studios gives notes on these movies. Like the difference is as an executive, when he's giving input, he's good at it and it's good input. And he also knows, you know, people like Alan Horn, Kevin Feige, and even I, you know, I would say Jeff Robinoff, who I didn't think was as good of an executive as Alan Horn, but was still very good. You know, the what they are what they've been what they're able to do is give good notes, but also know when not to give a note. Like, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing that that happens a lot within exec. There, there are some executives where their style is to just give notes because they think that's their job. So they, they have to say something. Otherwise, they're not, you know, they're not putting their fingerprints on it. They're not doing their job. But Cut the movie sometimes, you're, sometimes you're, yeah, but sometimes <laughs> your job is to say nothing. Sometimes your job is to say, this looks good. This looks fine, you know? This looks just fine. Go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. I don't think that Kevin Sujihara, you know, and, and some other folks at, at Warner Brothers, I don't know if they always have the best sense of what's a good movie, what's a bad movie, especially when it comes to these DC superhero films, which is why they have to react to what everybody else thinks and is they, good. And they, they had Wonder Woman, and I've heard this from a lot of people who would know, and I really shouldn't say this. They had Wonder Woman, and they were afraid to market Wonder Woman because they didn't know what they had. They didn't know that they had a hit on their hands. Yeah. And they were, they were very, very... Uh, I'm trying to think of the best word. They were very like conservative i guess is the best way to put it out there on how they should market and put out that movie they didn't even know that they had wonder woman other people had to tell them hey you have a really good movie here why aren't you marketing this the way it needs to be marketed yeah they were very they were very very nervous at warner brothers about wonder woman pretty much up until even after the first critics saw it they were they were super nervous about wonder woman they just didn't and that you're totally right. I mean, they they have, but that's the thing is that's why they have to be so reactionary. Is they have to wait for everybody else to tell them whether they, or not they, they've goes, made a good movie. And it goes they back don't know. to Kyle and Kyle's like they have no confidence and they have no. And I haven't been a fan of like I've said her marketing has been pissed poor since Batman v Superman since before. Since man, like she does not know how to market a movie if to save her life, she didn't know how to. Okay, so if we just break down the movie, the movie trailers for BVS. Okay, this is a movie about Superman, and is you know after what happened with B- Man of Steel. Okay, well the next movie, the next trailer is it's we're marketing. This movie is going to be about the fight between Batman and Superman. Nope, this movie, the third, the final trailer is like it's the heroes fighting Doomsday. What the what are you? What are we selling here? We don't yeah. know. What we're Same with Suicide Squad. Kyle said, "Throw some Queen music in it. It'll work." <laughs> and then when you have Wonder Woman there, yeah, that's the, uh, will go down as one of the finest superhero origin films of all time. And you don't. You're like, oh my god, did we fuck up again? What yeah. is the like? You don't know how to put. You just don't know how to market. Like get, so. After this is over, I'll tell you a funny story. But uh, the, sh- sh- her leaving is after she was like let go or whatever. She's like her when after she was scapegoated out of her job. Mm-hmm. 
I was so happy. I was like, finally, <laughs> we'll get someone who actually knows how to market these movies. Well, and I, I, yeah, but I don't put that all on Sue Kroll because, you know, she was there running marketing for Warner Brothers when they were having a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And but could, could, but it, that, could that success have been because of who they had at the top? And could that have success because I don't think that she well, was the I think one that, who marketed the, the Dark Knight. Like, uh, I think she was, was there. I don't know if she was the I don't know if she was head, the head at that time, but she was there. And I feel so, like that's more Chris Nolan because I've seen interviews like we have to I want to do some viral marketing because the Joker. I don't think that's maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, there's, but there. I mean, it wasn't just about Batman movies. I, I would just say this. If we're going to. If we're going to work off of this belief that Kevin Sujihara was, uh, you know, micromanaging or you know slash mismanaging and and interfering with a lot of people's jobs you could say he was probably also interfering with marketing in the same way that he was interfering with could be theatrical true. and film so i'm just it's and i'm not and i don't really want to say that it's all on him it's just ultimately he is a common denominator through a lot of this and he's you know he's one of the people who hasn't suffered any consequences from it right. and you know we'll We'll see. I mean, I don't know that, yeah, when AT&T takes over, you know, or is if the deal makes it, and I know it's in court right now, but like <laughs> when AT&T takes over, they may decide that he's not the person that they want. And because and that's what's different about, well, there's a lot of things different about the AT&T Time Warner deal compared to the Disney Fox deal. But one key difference is Disney is the buyer. Uh, right. <laughs> Time Warner is the seller. So right. they're not necessarily the ones that once AT&T takes over will dictate the terms the way Disney is going to dictate the terms uh, with Fox. So it's going to be really uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, whether or not that goes. But, you know, I think at this point, Sujihar has at least been successful to keep himself in his current job until AT&T presumably takes over, which, you know, maybe allows him more time to pad that golden parachute. <laughs> last question quick question did you like the shazam superhero suit i love it I, I i love it i don't get the the complaints i just don't i think it looks great and i know for people saying it looks you know i, I know the fans some fans complain like well it looks cheesy it doesn't look you know it doesn't look like what we've been seeing it doesn't look like a superhero movie costume and the way I say it, there's two things to keep in mind. First and foremost, this is not 100% the way it's going to look on screen. These costumes mm -hmm. always look different because they're going to go, they're being shot on a camera, they're going to be color corrected, all this other stuff that you're not going to see just because it was shot on somebody's iPhone or even if somebody, you know, if a paparazzi shot it on a really nice DSLR, like it's not <laughs> going to, it's not going to look that way in the actual movie. There's always, it's always going to look at least a little bit different. But the other thing is, I kind of want this movie to be cheesy and campy. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to understand what Shazam is. It's a little boy who gets to be Superman by saying a magic word. Like, that is as campy and cheesy of a superhero concept as you can imagine. So I'm not saying, I'm not one of those people who thinks like every superhero movie should be campy and cheesy. I definitely don't right. think that. But if one superhero franchise is going to be really campy and cheesy and even have a costume that's a little bit cheesy, it is Shazam, hands down. Like, and I think when people see that, they will, they will understand. 
because, you know, I think, you know, part of that wish fulfillment is, you know, through the eyes of a kid, you know, tr you know, a superhero costume that actually literally looks like it was ripped right out of a comic book page is perfect. You don't mm -hmm. start thinking that comic book, you know, that costumes need to change and be adapted to fit more cinematically until you grow up a little bit and like realize, oh, some things don't necessarily translate. But as a little kid who's having his wish fulfilled, that's exactly what it should look like. So I don't, I think it's a fit. You have to consider what the source material is. You have to consider what the concept is when you look at this. I mean, I mean, you can still say, well, when I just look at it, I don't like it. So I don't care what the reasons are behind it. And if that's, if that's the case, fine. I'm not going to, you know, argue with that because beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I like the way it looks, but more importantly, I love the reason, you know, or what I believe to be the reason it looks the way that it does. I like it. I, I do like it. There, I have two minor issues. I wish there was a little more burgundy tint into it because that's where I kind of, that's where I've read my Shazam comics where it's more, it's not like that, like screaming, like at you, like kind of like neon red, bright red. Mine's always been yeah. more like the, a little bit more the burgundy. I like the more original, yeah, but the original is the more like bright right, red. Right, and I right. I like that. And I think because we've seen so much like desaturation in superhero right. costumes that this being the kid, you mm -hmm. know, wishing for himself to be a superhero, like his color, it should not be desaturated. It should be right. bright and bold. And because we've already seen enough of that, we've seen that, we've already seen a, you know, a slightly desaturated, less bright, you know, dimmed red with the flash, both on TV and in movies. So like, if you really want to go full on just bright red with Shazam, because nobody else is doing that. Not even, even Marvel doesn't do that with their superhero costumes. I mean, not Captain Marvel is pretty bad. Uh, well, that's not, well, that's not her uh, costume. Like people don't I get know. it. <laughs> that's not her, that's not her final costume. I can tell you, I can tell you that the final costume is awesome. So like it's you know, well and and everybody should know that anyway. I mean the Comic Con concept art like that is what the final costume is going to be and it's badass. But you know like but even for Captain America like the only suit that doesn't have slightly like desaturated colors is the suit that he wore in the first Avengers movie. You know that but everything else has been more of a darker blue and you know like it, it's been toned down a bit. So to actually have a superhero that has a costume that isn't toned down at all, that is just pure right out of like original comic book pages, uh, like Shazam is totally the character to do that for. So I, that's why I love it so much. The only other issue I had with it, and I told, uh, I've said it on a recent podcast, was the lightning bolt. To me, I don't know what it is, but it reminds me of. You remember the White Ranger? How he had like the. Oh, yeah. yeah. I kind of. I have a feet like it kind of feels or looks kind of like that. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I I feel like it's there's gonna be some post production involved with that. But when I saw it, I was like, I've saw I've seen this before, but where? <laughs> and so I was like, just I was like, it looks like the shoulder pads to the White Ranger. Uh. So I mean, other than that, I love it. I think he looks great. He's huge. Woo! Mm -hmm. Didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Shazam. Excited for Aquaman. Even though I've heard the same things that you've heard about that film. We'll talk about this after we're done recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So episode <laughs> one eleven. Want to thank Sean for coming on late at night. Literally said, Kyle, man, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm the struggle bus. We're not feeling it. <laughs> 
not feeling I'm it. not feeling it tonight. I'm just so <laughs> tired. But I was like, I need some. I need give me give me Sean Gerber. <laughs> <laughs> Always happy to come in and do a run in. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for coming on. That's of course, be it for of course. episode one eleven.